0: Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now.
1: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Singer-songwriter Durango McMurphy has some incredibly interesting stories as a traveling troubadour. He has gone from New York to Colorado and has now settled in the Midwest, where he creates his own brand of Americana and country blues. His new song, The Ghost of James Dean, Line Dancing for Rebels, is out now. Durango is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about his interesting career. Durango, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi,
2: Greg, thanks. How are you today? I am well. How about yourself? I'm good. It's a little rainy here where I am in Wisconsin, but yeah, considering the world situation, I'm, I'm doing fine, you know. <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, I mean, that's, that's really <laughs> all know? we can try to do, right, is to do fine. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about your background with music. You grew up in New York, is that right?
2: Well, I was born right outside of New York City in Jersey, um, my dad used to be a musician. He was a trumpet player. Okay. Uh, he played. He played around the New York area, and uh, my mm. uncle was Harold Arlen, who wrote "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Mm. Wow! Cool. So I I ha- had like a musical family, but then we moved uh, to Florida. So I traveled up and down the coast with my folks, you know. And I actually stopped and picked cotton a couple of times up in South Carolina, and you wow. know, I got and I grew up in in Florida. So I got a, a sense of the southern, uh, the southern thing. I went to college in, in Tallahassee, and I spent a lot of time playing in some bands around uh, a lot of soul bands because I was playing trumpet at the time. So I'd play Sam and Dave, and okay. you know things like that. All okay. the all the soul all the soul, the soul music that I really love. I love that stuff. And I was in the horn section, but then I realized what Paul McCartney realized about when he was. Um, you know 10 i didn't realize it till i was like 20 that you can't sing really with a trumpet in your mouth <laughs> so i you know so i said oh yeah well hey it's a concept you know yeah And yeah. you know people you know they told me i could sing a little bit so i went, like, well okay so i picked up a little guitar and i started you know playing here and there and uh then i went out to colorado where i ended up uh, at Naropa institute the Kerouac school Uh, And hung out with the beat poets and all those guys. And uh, that was, that was, that's, that's another podcast right there. The stories about uh, Allen Ginsberg and Gregory Corso and Getty and all the Ken Kesey, Uh Uh, Ken Kesey invited me once out to the farm to uh, play with the, the, he was doing something with the Grateful Dead. Wow. But I got, I got sidetracked and I ended up in San Francisco and I never made it out there, and I I hitchhiked up to uh, Oregon to uh, make some money picking apples. And my girlfriend fell off a ladder. Oh my! And so I, I had to get her back to Texas. Wow. <laughs> next, next thing I know, I don't know what happened to the Grateful Dead. You know, I I, yeah. I don't I don't know what happened, man. and I'm still kind of in that that Rolling Thunder kind of a. Vibe, we're thinking. I, I, there's just an interesting, interesting thing. There's a philosopher uh, who influenced Jerry Garcia called Terrence McKenna. He was, uh, I think, he's passed away now. But he, he, he always he had this concept of like the opposite of a black hole. Something he said there's there's something in in nature. A black hole pulls us back. But he postulated that there's this force, you know, it's like Yoda, trust in the force. Mm-hmm. There's this force that kind of pulls us forward. Mm. And, and I kind of found that really interesting. So I've been always uh, trying to follow that, that guidance, that force. Yeah. And because there's so many variables in life and in the universe... You can't you can't do it analytically. You just can't. Yeah. So there's that Yoda-like trust of force. So I just keep following it, you yeah. know? Yeah, And uh, then after uh, wandering around like Jack Kerouac for a few years, I ended up back in New York again, and that's another long story. I lived in Brooklyn. I hung out with all the artists. Um I'm actually in a painting by Red Grooms called The Cedar Tavern, which is hanging in a, a museum in New York somewhere. Wow. And he kept me as uh, – he used me and my friend Daniel Berlin, the artist, as models for the painting. Huh. And cool. um, he, But he kept my face as the bartender. So I'm actually the bartender oh, wow. in this painting. Hanging <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at the Metropole Museum. So that's sort of in, – in, in 25 words or less, that's kind of my musical – background and all this time i've been you know playing in different bands i played in soul bands i played in rock and roll bands but as i got a little older i gravitated more toward uh the uh folk and not folk folk country americana sure you know I, I i because i am i view myself an american i'm an american mm-hmm. and like uh uh i all the all the traditions of of American music, blues, uh, 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 Cajun jazz, rock and roll, all the, all those things, I I think are, as an amalgam make up my idea of what Americana is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it attracted me as a genre because although, like you know, like a lot of people, well, I don't know this genre, that genre, you don't, you can't define it, blah blah blah. I think if I'm gonna put myself into a bag it would be Americana yeah. because I, I really, I love the country and I love, um, and I love the music. So, well, it's a nice big umbrella that
1: you can, uh, put a lot of things under, uh, that doesn't seem to fit in the mainstream definitions. And so, uh, I think a lot of people have learned to enjoy it that way because it, it does seem to, uh, land, uh, music in a, in a place that's, um, uh, for lack of a better word, it's it's all of the lost souls uh, that don't fit anywhere else. Uh, almost always fit in the Americana umbrella somewhere. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because of America, it's like that. vast, for me, uh, I started reading Woody Guthrie at some point, point. Uh-huh. and I, I, I like always liked Woody's music. Yeah, but when I read his books, uh, "Bound for Glory," "Born to Win," yeah, I, I always felt that like Guthrie was probably a better writer, a better no, a novelist, mm. a storyteller than he than he was. Uh, actually uh, a songwriter mm-hmm. and i thought I, and of course dylan was influenced by guthrie and i had started listening to dylan back in the day and uh, i i thought when i first heard like every like millions of other people the first time i heard like a rolling stone yeah you know i went like whoa what is this about you know <laughs> <laughs> you know because everybody at the time was listening to i don't know what they were listening to but that was a game changer for yeah, me yeah and then i started reading woody and uh, Got into the folk thing. I listened to Joan Baez. I have an interesting Joan Baez story. I met her one time. Um, I was when I first showed up in Boulder at um, Naropa. I was in Ginsberg's first poetry class, and so uh, there's about twelve of us in a basement of this old school that they rented. Anyway, so this was around the time the Rolling Thunder Review came around. Hmm. So Alan said, "Oh, we're in the Rolling Thunder Review. You ought to come." I thought, "Well, you know, I, don't know. I can't afford it, blah, 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 blah. anyway." So I had a friend named Cindy, who got me a couple tickets to go see the Rolling Thunder Review with Dylan and Joan Baez, and I, mm-hmm. I think Roger McGuinn was on the on the band at that time. I'm not sure who. Um, anyway, so I drive up to Fort Collins, Colorado, which is where the concert was, Hmm. but I got there late because I'd I'd sort of been partying. That was in my younger days. I was, you know, kind of partying a bit Mm -hmm. and I I partied a little too hard. (laughs) So I got there late and the parking lot was completely filled, Wow! but everybody was already in the stadium, but the concert hadn't started yet. So having no idea where to go, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I just walked in the first gate I saw. Yeah. And it turns in I walked back straight through and I just I ended up backstage. Oh, right? <laughs> and so 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 here I am, backstage at the Rolling Thunder Review concert, which mm. I think they made a movie of a couple of years ago or something. Mm. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> I look up at the stage and there's Alan who I knew, knew from Boulder. He said, Oh, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't know. What is anybody doing anywhere? You know? <laughs> and then I, so I wander around. I'm just sitting back there. And I sit. I'm, I sit down on a, a case, you know, some kind of drum, drum case, you know, the way they put uh-huh. drums in a, like a suitcase kind of thing. Right, right. And, uh. <laughs> I'm sitting in the suitcase. I, I literally did not know where to go. I didn't know how to get out to the stadium because I was backstage, right? Mm. And I, So I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden, this woman comes down, sits down, and says, oh, how are you? Yeah, fine, fine, fine. Nice, nice day. Yeah, good, good turnout. Well... Yeah, and we're talking. I say, well, okay, nice to see you. Fine, okay, bye, bye, bye. You know, and at this point, security notices that there's some, something amiss here. This mm-hmm. who's this guy, mm-hmm. right? So they're very, they're very nice, but these huge security guys come and say, "You got to go." Oh yeah, sure. And that's all I was trying to do in the first place right, is go right. to go out here to concert. But anyway, so they come out, and as I go out there, I'm sitting, there, I'm, I'm right near the front because I was backstage. So I came to the front of the concert, and and here comes this, here comes this woman out to open the show and it's Joan Baez and it turns out that it's the woman I was talking to sitting on the drum case oh wow right yeah so, so I was sitting I was talking to Joan Baez I didn't even know, I know who she was wow. yeah you know? I just thought oh that's interesting that's crazy. so I heard Joan Baez so so musically but all these things are influences and in, and in what I I try to do I try I just want to make people happy I want to entertain people. I want them to enjoy the music. Uh, plus, I like—I mean, I write love songs and things like that, like everybody else does. Mm. I also want to try to make it meaningful, especially in the uh, current uh, political climate with the war in Ukraine, right. all that going on. And the and the song that I'm uh, released recently, uh, "The Ghost of James Dean," uh, "Line Dancing for Rebels," was inspired by that.
0: We're going to take a quick break from the interview. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Is this a
1: single um, that's part of an upcoming album or an album that's already out?
2: It's a single part of an upcoming album in my head. Okay. I (laughs) I have like two songs that were just released on a compilation from Bongo Boy Records. Uh, called Homestead Volume 6. Okay. And the two songs are Dumpster Paradise and uh, Downtown Rodeo. Okay. And I've got those two and uh, this n- new one, uh, Ghost of James Dean, that I'm thinking about maybe putting a couple songs that I did previously and maybe do one or two. I got a uh, sort of a uh, Ash, I was in Ash- Asheville, North Carolina for mm-hmm. a while. Mm hmm. And uh, so I got this one song called Asheville and Spring. So I'm thinking about doing a, a CD or an album or something. But right now, my main concern was uh, the Ghost of James Dean because uh, the Ukraine War uh, is really not good. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother, it turns out, in around the 1920s, sometime, was actually uh, from Russia via Ukraine. She came to Ellis Island, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up being born in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my grandmother came from Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And when I was raised, uh, the family was pretty much Russian Ukrainian. Mm. Uh, my grandmother would go to like the Russian club on Saturday to uh, to dance or something, play bingo or uh, I'm sorry, she'd go to the Ukrainian club to dance or something. then she'd go to the Russian Orthodox Church mm. on Sunday. Mm. So I kind of got a hit of both sides yeah. of this equation. Yeah. Yeah. And so personally, I, I've i been sort of an anti-war kind of activist back since back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, I but I try to be objective. I try to be like an umpire. Sure. I call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. Right. And I, I can see arguments on both sides that are valid. And I can see arguments on both sides that are uh, just they don't they're completely nuts. Right. You know. So I tried to write something that was um, would address the issue in a in a way that was positive. Mm-hmm. And plus, I'm like I said, I'm an American, and so the chorus of the song uh, is about freedom mm-hmm. and it's about love because I grew up during the with the Beatles and all that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And it has three parts to the song. The first part it deals with the the fact that I think we're. Uh, in danger of losing a lot of our constitutional rights just Mm -hmm. due to a mindset Mm -hmm. that I think is kind of uh, questionable. Mm -hmm. The second section of the song is about paranoia. I think fear is really... uh, If you think about Russia and NATO... Russia is really afraid that NATO is going to come and attack them, Mm -hmm. and NATO is really afraid that Russia is going to come and attack them. Mm -hmm. And I I think this – there was a a book called uh, Dune by uh, Frank Herbert, Mm -hmm. uh, which I read uh, a while ago, uh, quite a while ago. And he had this line in it, um, fear is the mind killer. Mm. And that always stuck with me, and I thought mm-hmm. one of the main problems here is fear yeah. that's driving all the uh, anger, and all everybody's afraid. Yeah. They're afraid of COVID, they're afraid of this, they're afraid of that, sure. and if we can cut through cut through that fear and uh, have a little more of uh, uh, confidence in 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 what's going on in in the world we live in in the universe i mm-hmm. think things would be better in mm-hmm. my view yeah and then the third section of the the song is about um um uh, war you know it's just about the the endless uh cycle of of war that keeps uh plaguing humanity mm-hmm. and uh, trying to trying to cut through it mm-hmm. by uh uh, I'm trying to do what I can do to make the bacon better. Yeah, bitter.
1: sure, sure. Yeah, is you the know, song um, out in video form, or or where can people? No,
2: I didn't do. I, no, I didn't do a video. I have a few of my older rock and roll videos on YouTube, but I'm not really promoting them because I'm not doing that kind of music anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a few things on YouTube. I, I'm also a videographer. I, I did the filming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a video for this. i It's only I only had one station played so far w f u m in Nashville uh, with hosted by Gina Bacon, uh, gave it a spin. And I'm trying to get it out there to th- the radio world, but I don't have any record label. I'm just an indie guy. Mm. I'm just me, you know mm. so if anybody if any of your listeners happen to work for a record company, hey, i'm I'm here, you know. So is it and, uh, uh, available on
1: the streaming services? I mean, where can people take a listen to
2: it? Well, I'm going to get it on Spotify soon. They should be able to do that, uh, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Know. Okay. So it's, and, it's uh, not at your I'll, website yet then. Well, it, no, I didn't even get it on the website cause I'm sort of like a one man band here at the moment. I'm doing the website. I'm writing the songs. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to promote the song, you know, yeah. but I will get it on the website soon. Um, and it should be on Spotify soon, and hopefully, you know, get a little uh, get a little momentum for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it was. I think it's a pretty good tune. I mean, I, they, they liked it at WFUM anyway. Yeah. Yeah. WFUM. WF- F-
1: yeah. Um, are, are you out playing uh, as a as a solo musician or with a band right now? Do you have a, a current- yeah?
2: Uh, well, I had I had a band, but our drummer got killed in a, a, a car wreck. Oh man. Uh, he was in Michigan, and uh, I had a band called the Dream Flags. But our drummer uh, burned Dalme, a German uh, euro drummer. Mm-hmm. He was at a stop sign in a jeep, and he got rear-ended, and mm. it just exploded. Mm. So that kind of just blew us out, and we just that that was the that was the end of the band. Yeah, wow. So I de- so I decided I'm just going kind to of just yeah I'm playing I'm playing I got a few gigs in Wisconsin. I played a little, uh, a really kind of a really nice place. It's, it's a the barbecue. Uh, Ice cream combination. Places yeah, called
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I play there. There's a group called Pints in Politics that does. Um, they do political events where they have. It's like the idea of uh, have a few beers and talk about politics. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm I'm playing for them quite often. And uh, I played. I mean, I played around. I played the years ago. I played the Cleveland Public Theater, and I played Denver at uh, the Mercury Cafe, and you know, I did the whole the whole thing. But at the moment, I'm just trying to get some momentum going again.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Uh. So I'm looking for uh, anything that you know it resembles. Uh, help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, when I was, when I used to play trumpet, they, I, it, I played this guy Shockley for a while, Tom Shockley band. And he, he was kind of, kind of like, uh, if, if you like this kind of music, he was really good. He was kind of like a Tom Jones, Engelbert, Humperdinck kind of mm-hmm. guy. Okay. And if you like, a lot of people don't like it, but a lot of people do. And if you like it, he was really good. Yeah. And I played, I played in the horn section and we traveled around for a while and I played with him um and but we had an agent we had a, a like a booking agent sure yeah and we see they they seem to have vanished into the the netherworld i mean i can't find one wow i mean it's like uh you know so i don't know man yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a rough call wow. but we travel we we opened for a lot of uh, i met a lot of people we opened for the the drifter a lot of old bands that were still i don't want to say living on their uh laurels but bands like the old 50s man like jerry lee lewis mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. the drifters the coasters paul revere and the raiders people like
1: that yeah
2: you know yeah, yeah. but that's that's before i took my trumpet and my because it was kind of a, a vegas show band i, I literally went. i walked to the end of a pier in florida one <laughs> threw it all in the, in the ocean oh, I, just man. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't i couldn't take it oh, it was man. like this, this whole kind of Las Vegas kind of thing. Yeah. I just couldn't, I just, I couldn't do it, man. Wow. I, I can't do this. Wow. Hence, hence the Americana folk. Yeah. The more organic, the more genuine, the more heart music. Yeah. Uh, and not that my, uh, the trumpet came from the heart. It did, but I was playing like, you know, show band stuff every yeah. night. Same thing yeah. over and over again, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know. So, uh, buddy. You know, so, if people want to listen to it, I, I guess look. You can go to the website. I got other stuff on the website. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put that up there. So, I got a tune called "Made for Love" on the website. That's pretty good. I've got one thing, but now this is totally not Americana. It's I call it Bob Dylan uh, goes to Bollywood. It's a it's a folk song called Another Gandhi. Uh, which is like a folk. Uh, the only reason I mentioned it, it's kind of like a folky song. Mm-hmm. If you just listen to the song itself, if you stripped it from all the production, it would just be a song. Mm-hmm. But I produced it like a Bollywood dance tune.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
2: And it's called Another Gandhi. And I got quite a bit of play for that in yeah. Europe. And yeah. it's on the website. And the video on the website for Another Gandhi, it's me. It's me singing. It's my song. But it, it's it's a it's a Bollywood, kind of a club dance tune, mm. because I was trying to get some, um, I won an award for it for somebody. There's something called the like, Academia or something like that in hmm. L.A. I got some kind of, hmm. I don't know what I got for it. But anyway, um, it, it I think it's a pretty good tune. Yeah, uh, but I was trying to get some sense of, um, <laughs> being, being from Miami, there's a lot of clubs there. Yep. I mean, I have spent a lot in Florida. I spent a lot of time in Miami, South Beach and all that. I got a funny BG story too. This I'll tell you the BG story. We got we had time, right? We uh, we yeah, had,
1: we got a, we got about two minutes. So go ahead.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, a funny BG story. Um, I was there's a guy named Dennis Britt with a band called the Beat Poets and uh, I was doing some poetry with Dennis's band, and they signed a, a thing for it with the Bee Gees, had an album. And and he said, oh, man, come on to the studio. We're going to do this thing. Yeah, okay, okay. And he said, he said well, when are we going to do the poetry? Oh, we'll do that later. We'll do it later, man. Okay, have some Jägermeister. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So I have some Yeager right? So I guess it's about 8 o'clock. Now it's about 10 o'clock. Well, when are we going to – well, have some more Jägermeister, man. Mm-hmm. So by the time we got to it, it was like – it was like one in the morning, I was it, myself and the band were completely sloshed. This was in the BG studio in mm. South Beach, mm. and uh, and by the time we, we were just banging on instruments and screaming at the top of our voice. And I remember when we went back into the recording room, one of the BG's girlfriends. I don't know who she was. <laughs> she she looked at us and she said, "That was the worst thing I've ever heard." Oh, man. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, well, I made an impact on them. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but I, but back to back to Agandhi, and then we'll finish up. Um, I wrote it to try to get some sense of awareness of be a little less uh, vacant uh, in into the club scene. Not not to put people down. People uh-huh. do what they do, and they can do. It. But the clubs tend to have this kind of. Vacant quality to it So I wanted to write a song But I thought the lyric might impact people In a club setting Yeah, But anyway that's that's kind of the deal So I don't know if we, just, we still got a minute thank yeah. you and thank you everybody And I'm looking forward to the magazine I know I've been talking a lot But that's what you're supposed to do on the phone <laughs> Yeah right for sure No no, this has been great
1: Tell us the website so that the listeners can find you
2: It's H-T-T-P-S Dot slash slash DurangoMcMurphy.com, dot D U R A N G O M C M U R P H Y, D-U-R-A-N-G-O-M-C-M-U-R-P-H-Y, DurangoMcMurphy.com, dot com, and uh, it's https dot slash slash uh, com. Great,
1: good. No, hey, I, the stories are awesome. I, I love the uh, the history with the stories, and and you've had plenty of time to uh, to to spend time in and around the music and collect those. And I'm, I'm sure that they uh, have, uh, there's plenty of influence there in, in your songwriting. So I wish you well with um, the ghost of James Dean and, and getting that into circulation and
2: yeah. It's one of those things, man, it's, it's such a, a a volatile time. There's so much going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, some uh, thank thank you, Greg. I
1: appreciate it. You can hear the new single at durangomcmurphy.bandcamp.com.